Hello everyone. Hola a todas y todos. Welcome to the first episode of Vertical Reality. My name is Tania Arriaga and I am so incredibly happy and grateful to be your host today. On today's episode, we will be talking about movement and stillness and what they both imply. But first, let me do a brief introduction on myself, which is always kind of awkward. But anyways, <laughs> here we go. I'm from Mexico City, born and raised here. So I grew up in a city that was always in constant movement. And I am a person that has always been in constant movement too. I'm very lucky as I have a family that has always traveled and wanted to expand their horizons. And I have lived in different places like Vietnam, Thailand, and Australia. But it was quite recently that I found a place in stillness and in quieting the mind and in being okay in living in Mexico City, which was always kind of like a rough challenge for me because I always wanted to explore more and more cultures. And But it was always hard for me to live in Mexico City for different reasons. That's besides the point. Maybe someday I'll tell you. <laughs> But I found a place in stillness and I found also a world of yoga, devotion, intuition, chanting mantras, meditation and sound healings, which also helped me through a really rough time. Now I am fully dedicated to being a sound healer and also a soul searcher. I really love that term, like soul searching and um, expanding my own personal process and healing and bettering of myself with different tools and different experts. As we are always bettering ourselves and we are always a work in process, aren't we? I truly believe that if we had it all figured out, then we for sure wouldn't be standing here as humans. This is kind of what this podcast will be about. It will be about ideas and tools that expand our mind and heart and help broaden our horizons. And that's the reason why this podcast is also called Vertical Reality, because of this hidden world that most of us don't really talk about or maybe even understand at times. It's this parallel reality that lives side by side with us in our fast-paced world. And talking about fast-paced, let's get back on track. Let's talk for a little bit on what movement implies. What does movement imply? Does it imply our true nature as human beings? That since the dawn of time we have moved and that became our true nature, quote-unquote. And that later on, as globalization took on, it became not so much about survival, although for some countries it still is, but about a new norm. For many countries, it became an expansion, as for many people too. I include myself in this statement because I could expand through travel and through getting to know my own city better. And we could expand in ways where we could hear news of other countries, where most markets were opened worldwide, where we could export and import anything from anywhere where we could order things online. <laughs> what a crazy world, right? It's as if movement made everything possible in the current world. Movement has always involved expanding and changing and learning new things, visiting new places, whether that was within your own city or further away, broadening our horizons, obviously. Moving was a big part of our life before this unmentionable virus. And I say unmentionable because this virus is very similar to saying Voldemort in Harry Potter movies. If you say the name of this virus, it brings up different emotions for different people. But most of all, just mentioning of just the mentioning of the name will bring fear and anxiety. And so therefore, I won't mention it for now. <laughs> 
So before the virus, we could move around anywhere. More than ever, actually, humanity was everywhere, experiencing everything. It was an all-time high for traveling, for people settling in other places, living in other places. It was the freedom to explore and roam as we pleased. It was even exploring and roaming within our own cities as well. Going to the supermarket was roaming. Going to a club was exploring. Going to a new restaurant was roaming. <laughs> going to work, coming back from work, driving, walking, going to the gym. All the mundane daily activities were part of this freedom. How we used to spend our time doing many things was considered to be our freedom. But the future seemed to play a big part in this so-called freedom. It was always involved in our movement and roaming. When we move, it's normally harder to focus on the present. It was always kind of like, what are you doing tomorrow? Let's do something tomorrow. What are you doing next week? Let's do something next week. Where are we going next week? What are we trying out next week? <laughs> it was always kind of this future-based mindset. So when we move, it's normally harder to focus on the present. Not to say that it's impossible, just harder to focus. Movement became not only within our bodies or not only within the hustle and bustle of different places, but it also took over our minds. Most people nowadays have a harder time concentrating or have monkey brains, as my dad says, <laughs> which means that our minds have been roaming too. And obviously now we have more information than ever before in human history. So when our minds roam, you can bet they are in many places at once. It also becomes the avoidance of certain things and we also become, as a society, that understands very little of stillness and looking inwards. I think we were always seeing and seeking outwards because our movement before the virus was so big and so constant and sometimes so excessive that we were not at all in balance. If you think about it, even our movement had become working crazy hours and most times not having time for the things that are truly important. <laughs> Did you catch that? Most times not having time. I think I've used time like a thousand times. <laughs> and there we go again. <laughs> Another time where I said time. Okay, that's getting really confusing. Never mind me. So now stillness has been forced upon us, whether we like it or not. And of course, most of us have this feeling of something being taken away from us, our freedom. I would be lying if I told you that this wasn't affecting me too on a personal level, because I think my greatest love affair in my whole life has been traveling. I'm sorry to all my exes that are listening to this, but it is true. My greatest love affair has been traveling learning about new cultures, living different experiences from the ones I grew up in. And of course, it scares me, this lack of movement and the lack of exploration. And I'm sure everyone has their own reasons for fearing the unknown, which is the place where we are standing currently. The uncertainty is always scary. But that is also why this stillness has so much to teach us. That is also why many people have turned to anxiety, fear, and even depression. And I'm not saying at all that you decide when to turn on these things because these things turn on you, right? But I am saying that a lot of people have a lot of anxiety and fear and sadness roaming around their lives in this specific time we are living in. Because everything now is on hold and we don't really know how this stillness will affect us, even economically. I think that's one of the biggest fears. But what we can do right now, because we can't really do that much, 
What we can do is embrace this stillness. We can stop fighting stubbornly and accept what is. And we also have to accept and surrender to the fact that we don't have control over many, many things in our life. That truly the only thing we can control is how we react. How we react to that that is put in our way. How we react to certain things that are put in our life, like this virus. Clearly we can't control the outcome. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. We can only control really how we react to this. We obviously are not used to this stillness and to this lack of control. As I was saying, we are a society of movement. But we can integrate it into our norm too. This stillness and this lack of control. It hurts a lot to know that we don't have this control. It hurts a lot as a human being to know that we really are not in control of over many, many things. But we can integrate this into our lifestyles, into our norm, into our society, just the way we did with movement. And to be completely honest, we did need this stillness, this pause in our lives. We needed this balance. And maybe life is teaching us how to balance and integrate stillness into our movement. Maybe it's time to put our attention to what matters most, ourselves, our families, our breathing, our breath, our gratitude in the present moment, which may be the hardest to center our attention to because we really have to put in the work to calm down or quiet the mind. It's not easy. It is really hard for us as human beings to center ourselves in the fact that there is no tomorrow, no history, no past, no yesterday. There is only just this, just here and just present and for now just this stillness. Obviously, I'm not saying that like all the historians that are listening to me right now are probably like, what the hell, young lady? Like, obviously, history exists. I'm not saying that. I know obviously history and the past exist. I'm just saying that we lose track of where we are standing because we either look back or look forward or are in both places, but not here. So focusing on the present, what the hell is that? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Focusing on the present, what does it imply? It implies that you bring back your attention to right now and you become an observer of your surroundings and an observer, an expert on yourself. What is better than being an expert on yourself? We are experts on so many other things like we graduate on university with a degree and we are all of a sudden well not all of a sudden obviously because it takes like four years to graduate but we become these experts on so many other things that it's actually really curious that we are not experts on ourselves right we don't look inwards we we know everything that our best friend likes we know every little detail that our boyfriend or girlfriend likes We know what our families get mad at, what our little brothers cry at. Like We know everything that triggers everyone else around us, but why not ourselves? Why have we not mastered ourselves? Why have we not looked inwards? Why are we not experts on ourselves? So I think it's essential to be present and to be an observer of your surroundings and of yourself so you can really be this expert on yourself. You can ask yourself questions like, what are you doing right now? Are you actually being present? Are you holding yourself with intention? Are you sitting or standing? Take time to recognize these things that we think are little, but actually they are big. They bring back our awareness. 
How are you breathing? Are you breathing fast or breathing in a more relaxed way? Check your body. Are you hunched or sitting straight? What sounds are surrounding you? What thoughts are coming to you? What emotions are you feeling right now? And if you're feeling something that you don't like or that makes you uncomfortable, my suggestion is to also be present with it. Sit still with it without trying to change it. Just observe it. And without judgment as well, because there can be lots of times judgment within ourselves. Like maybe we are more understanding of others sometimes. Maybe when our mom gets mad or sad, we're like, oh, it's okay, mom. Like these things happen. But when we ourselves get mad or sad or any of these emotions that are uncomfortable we're like why are you crying or why are you mad like why are you like this so just observe yourself without judgment and without much expectations of how you should react to these things just being with it sitting still with it being present with it and without judgment i like to think of the present as a museum more like an art museum so bear with me for a second There is only this one room, right? There's only this one piece of art that you should be focused on, which is right here and right now. But your mind wants to take a detour and wants another room and another art piece. But you have to gently bring it back to this one room and to this one art piece. So our minds are really tricky sometimes and will play tricks on us. But we have the power within to make our minds our allies and not our enemies by gently bringing back our mind, our attention to this specific moment. And a few tips I have for helping bring back your attention that I would like to talk about as well that can help you out. For example, counting is really important. It brings you back to the present. When you're doing math, you are really doing math. You're really in there. And me talking about math, I cannot believe that I'm saying this math has always been my enemy throughout my life but I didn't realize I guess when I was younger that math was actually bringing me so much to the present moment and I'm not suggesting to do math equations so you can stay in the present I mean if that flows your boat (laughs) or however you say that that is totally fine but I'm saying more as a counting experience or counting your breath is something that really helps me out so what you can do is you inhale and count to whatever number you want to. Normally, I inhale and count to three. So let's say you're inhaling right now, like one, two, three. And then you hold it there. You don't exhale. You hold it and count to four. So hold it there and count to four. And then you exhale and count to six. So your exhale number has to always kind of be bigger than your inhale number. So you inhale, count to three hold it, count to four, and exhale and count to six. And this really helps me out when I have anxiety or when I'm tossing in the middle of night. I remember my breath because obviously breathing is the most important thing we have in in life. So experiment with this if you're having anxiety or if you're feeling stuck or your brain is taking you or roaming around, bring it back to your breath. And for me, counting my breath, my breaths, how do you say this, my breath, my breaths, (laughs) is really important so this is one tool that can help you be more present another thing you can do is if you are into mantras which i really really am i recommend you choose a mantra that you can memorize easily so there are different mantras 
Normally, mantras are written in Sanskrit, so you can't really understand what they're saying unless you Google the meaning of it. But sometimes it's not easy to memorize mantras, right? So find one if you are new to mantras that you can easily memorize and maybe try to look for the meaning because mantras are beautiful. They have this power that lies in repeating the mantra over and over again. So, for example, there are many people that believe that if you don't repeat a mantra 108 times, then it doesn't really work. You don't have to do it 108 times, or you can do it 20 times, or whatever helps you out. But you can try it. If there's songs in Spotify that have mantras in them, I really recommend Deva Primal. So, people say Deva, or I say Deva, because in Spanish it's Deva, but she is amazing and she sings mantras over and over in such incredible musical ways that you don't really get bored listening to it so my recommendation is look for mantra and try to repeat it many times trying to stay as present as you can and the way you stay present with the mantra is counting it things like that really help and what i do sometimes is i listen to deva pramal deva pramal <laughs> however you want to say her name. I listen to her music and most times she's singing mantras and I just resonate with that for a little bit and then I start singing as well. So if you can sing mantras or you can put on a song that is singing mantras over and over again, that will really help you and you can even count the mantras that someone else is singing or that you are singing and So that's a really good way to bring back your attention to the present because you are really focused on saying this mantra, first of all, because it's not in English or it can be in English, but most times it's not. So it's like chanting these really weird words. (laughs) I know this sounds kind of like a cult, but I promise you it's not. So you chant these really weird words that are in Sanskrit that actually have a beautiful meaning behind them. And you can count them or either just sing with them or just put your headphones on and sing with the person that is singing the mantra already. That is a big recommendation that I have for you. Another tool that also helps is chewing. What? Yes, you heard me. Chewing your food. Counting how many times you chew. This sounds really weird. (laughs) But if you are eating alone, leave your phone behind and focus on your food. What is each bite bringing you? What flavors? How many times have you chewed? And be conscious of your chewing. Like, I just discovered recently that you can chew up to 50 times the same piece. I know that's really disgusting, but you can. And when you count how many times you're chewing your food, you're really bringing it back to the present. And you're being very aware of your temple, which is your body. How does your body feel after eating this or that or I don't know, whatever, maybe your body feels not so good after eating that or maybe it feels really good after eating this. Be very mindful of what food is in your life, what food brings to you because it is such a big energy source for everyone and we take it so for granted sometimes. We just like eat there and sit and watch our phone and no, maybe um, turn off your phone maybe just be focused on the food you have in front of you and also gratitude gratitude really helps and another tool can also be 
which is similar to listening to a mantra or someone singing, is listen to a song you really, really like, okay? So this is this doesn't have to be about mantras. This can be about any song, literally, that you absolutely love, okay? And just sit listening to it. Listen to the voice or instruments playing. What do you like about the song? Which parts do you like most? What instruments are being used in the parts of the song you like most? What you can do that really helps me is go into space that is completely dark. For example, for me, it's my closet. So I literally close my door and make everything go black around me. I can't make everything go black. It just does by closing the door. (laughs) So I close the door and I sit there and I put my music normally with headphones and I just listen to it. I try to be as still as I can and just listen to what the voice is doing, what the instruments are doing. And obviously, I'm a huge music fanatic. Maybe for you, it's something else, but for me, it's music. So maybe, um, yeah, sit still in a place where there's a lot of darkness and also see what feelings are brought up. Like if it's a really sad song what is it making you feel that maybe you weren't feeling before and maybe it's not part of your energy maybe it's part of the energy of the song or what are you thinking about when you listen to the song and try not to think too much i know the mind does its own thing but bring it back gently every time you see yourself fading away from the present moment bring it gently back like holding the hand of your mind and saying like hey hey hey, no 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 wait wait come back come back look look at this right here and right now and it's beautiful when you can acknowledge when you're doing that and it's beautiful to also be patient with yourself because it requires a lot of patience so all of these and many more are just tools on focusing on being present you can also try meditation as it is one of the biggest life-changing tools out there Remind yourself that the most important thing you have right now is this moment because nothing is ever guaranteed. And we've always known this. We've lived side by side with this reality. But it is only in these moments of stillness that we truly notice how accurate this is. We have nothing but the now and the here. Now we can't really move or expand in the ways we used to in the past before this virus, but we can stay present and be aware also of our limiting beliefs and thoughts. We are seeing the end of something, but it doesn't have to mean that it was good before. Maybe there are aspects from before the virus that we thought were the norm, but truthfully, they were bringing a lot of toxicity or anxiety or depression, and we couldn't stop to acknowledge these feelings. And of course, we can still expand and move, even quarantined, because our souls are limitless. And why should we limit ourselves if we are deep to our core, endless? If anything, this quarantine can be the challenge we need for our bodies or our souls or for our minds. We can become present and fearless. We can accept and surrender to the stillness and maybe even enjoy the stillness. And maybe only after we've learned that, then we can move and expand. Expand in awareness, expand in consciousness, expand in kindness, expand in compassion, expand in love, and most of all, expand in light. Maybe this is what the teaching is, to be still so that after we can move in different ways than what we were used to. That is it for now. Thank you to everyone for listening. You can find me on social media as at tan.tanji. 
T-A-N dot T-A-N-G-E. If you have any comments or questions, I'll be reading them there. So please don't hesitate in reaching out. And also, please, if you have a new Instagram name idea that could work for my Instagram, I would absolutely love to hear it because I'm really tired of my username right now. <laughs> it's really complicated to like spell, I guess, or to... It's just a complicated name. So please, uh, if you have any other ideas of what my username and Instagram could be, please let me know. Uh, until next time, beautiful beings of light, stay safe and stay present. I hope this helped. Mm-hmm.